Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Talk about podcast. So welcome to the Center for Technological Innovation and Entrepreneurship podcast. Today, uh, I'm going to be uh, your host, and we have the pleasure to have with us today Nuno Cortezão from Zarta. And uh, this is a special day today because we all talk about crypto, about blockchain. We had a lot of events in Lisbon in the last weeks, the Lisbon uh, Blockchain Week, the Solana. And today is the opportunity to hear more about this world of crypto, this world about, you know, uh, blockchain and all that stuff. And it's a pleasure to have with us today Nuno Cortezão from Zarta. So welcome, Nuno. Hi, Pierre. It's a pleasure to me to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to talk a little bit about Zarta, a bit uh, about our, ourselves and to, to, to try to inspire um, students that are at college that uh, can can find a very nice path on these new technologies that are emerging. And so I'm very thankful for the invitation to the Center of Technology of Catholic to, to do this podcast. Excellent. So thanks, Nuno. So for all the listeners that we have around here, so for the students and, and other people that are tuning in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So who is Nuno? Um, and tell us a little bit about uh, what you did, where you're coming from, and uh, um, why you ended up with Zarta. And also you're going to tell us a little bit what the name means. So the floor is yours and tell us about you, Nuno, please. So that's a very tricky question. Uh, who am I? Uh, but I'll try to... Typically people when talk about themselves, we, we can go into their different paths. I'm going to, to, to place this on, on a Zarta model um, and how I arrived on where you, we are now. So basically, I'm Nun uh, I'm from Lisbon and I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh, I studied on Technic. Uh, and when I was uh, leaving the college, I had no idea where I was going ahead. Uh, so I, I done some internships around the space. Uh, I, I went to some mechanical um, engineering fields, uh, and then I realized that I had a very deep passion with IT. And so I went to consulting at the time because it was a very nice bridge. It was an, an opportunity to to jump into this uh, IT space and try to 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 try all of these. And basically, I ended up. Uh, I, at the time, I, I thought I was going to be a developer, a coder, but when I arrived to consulting, they told me that I had a very nice background on technological stuff, that I had the capability to talk business also. So I ended up working as functional and strategy consultant, and I worked on this space for a few years. So I was like two years working on strategy for IT, never touched on, on code at the time. And then when I was expecting to do a path to be more a coder. Uh, I went to Barcelona, to UK, to work on machine learning on for for the banking industry, and I started exploring all the fields. And I realized that when we are on, so early on this stage of our lives, we can test different fields to see what uh, fulfills us. And so, as I was very curious, I, I when I arrived again in Lisbon, 
there was an opportunity to start exploring crypto and blockchain. And this is like 2017 at the time. And so I realized, okay, let's let's try this. Let's let's see how, how, how it goes. Let's explore. I, I was getting into the space, trying to, to do some investments at the business, at the personal level. Uh, and then I realized that this was a very nice area to, to, to foster. And so I went there, I started working on the topic, building stuff uh, at the corporate level. And so from there, I, I was the head of blockchain at Average. Uh, it was a Spanish consultant. Um, now it's, it's called Entity Data because they, they rebrand themselves. Um, and then I went to Accenture because Accenture wanted to, to create a, a blockchain space here in Lisbon. They had already lots of projects internationally. And I, I just went from all these corporate steps going on on a, a very organic path where I was growing on responsibility, growing on ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from Accenture, I realized that uh, I was on a very, on a space that was lacking people to do uh, startups and creating new business. It was an area full of uh, space to grow and without people to do these moves. So I went to work part-time for Self Focus. It was a it's a it was a company that belonged to Vodafone and to the Nova Baza Group that was working as an advisory. And with all of these, I created Zarte. So we had the, I had the time, the space to think a little bit outside of the box, and we created the financial concepts. Uh, that now is, is the baseline and the backbone of our company. So okay. we now we are, I'm, I'm the CEO of Zarta. It's a startup that that have been pumping in the last six months, um, and we we are exploring this space about binding and creating the finance tools for this crypto world that is very. Co- that works on top of communities and that is very primitive at, at now. Okay. And so this was the path. So th- thanks for the intro. And we're going to talk about Zarta perhaps a little bit later. Let's focus on Nunu now. And uh, with your background in, um, in IT, you went through consultancy, you had the solid experience. Uh, you could have stayed there. So yeah. what's for, especially for the students that are listening, and there are most of them already, I mean, uh, starting as consultants. What happened? Did you one day, uh, you, you woke up and you decided, um, I had enough, I want to create my own stuff. What was or what were the key event or the compelling event that made you actually mature the idea that you wanted to create Zarta? Uh, I think that that's a very nice question. I think that um, like, I was on consult on a very good uh, and solid path on consultancy, and I looked to the sky and I was thinking, okay, I'm I've proving myself a long time. Um, every every time that I'm I'm doing all these career moves, everything is going well, and so I assumed that I started looking to the future, and I was, do I want to have this no risk life forever? Uh, is, this is the story that I want to tell my children. I had always had the dream of creating a business or creating something that was um, v- very powerful on a story-based line that I could tell to people because I, I love to talk to people. So it, it was, and I was like, okay, you know, I need to build something new. And I'm on this space around blockchain where 
lots of things are, are happening. I, I start wanting to to um, summits and to conference in the space. I was like, it's a, it was a marvelous world, and I was thinking, okay, I'm I'm doing this very well on, at the corporate level, but why why should I should I try it? Should I, I take the risk? And I realized that. When the age starts to go, um, you, you realize that there is time for risking. And you can open a startup when you are 40. I, I, I met a, a guy that had 20 years of corporate experience and now went completely solo for, for building a startup. But it's way easier on this phase where you have already some best practice, some knowledge of consulting, some knowledge of corporate level, and you can empower that those tools. But you, you are still, you still have a, a very strong appetite for risk because you know that if everything fails, you're, you can take one or two years to recover. But it's okay; it's not going to damage your whole life just because you are trying. And yeah. so I start giving small steps, and I realize that it's more riskier to to stop and to be on the on the on, on the no risk path. Yeah. Then go into the risk path because the, the risk path it brings you very hard choices, but it it gives you the the concept of of, of empowerment and give you the you find people that is on the same trajectory that you are that are trying to do different stuff that are trying to prove that they are trying to prove their passion on the topics. And you start meeting the the best people there, and so it kind of it kind of goes on a snowball. Okay. And so that that was one of the reasons was to let's try it before it's too late, before I get too many children, before I get too many responsibilities that I have a, um, a full mortgage that I have to pay, and then I don't have space to risk. So I can it was a balance between the risk and time. I think I mean I, I do relate to that because. I'm, I'm, I have I have kids, I have house, <laughs> and I, we have to pay for the mortgage. And I do also understand that uh, at some point, you know, when you have the knowledge, and I think this is something I, I took note here, you had the knowledge about crypto, you've been in this world for months, years, and you find an opportunity. You didn't you didn't jump actually into crypto yeah. without any knowledge. Okay, you had the knowledge. You were quite savvy about <clears throat> this field. And at some point you saw an opportunity and also linked to the fact that you didn't have or you don't have as at this point, even if you're married, you don't have, you know, um, a commitment with kids, with houses, with mortgage and etc. You decided to, to jump. Okay, yeah. so I think it's it's a, it's a mix of having the knowledge and also having uh, a certain time in your life, the ability to risk. And these two things together means, um, you know, Zarta. So if, if you have um, in, 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 in trying perhaps a little bit to discuss a little bit more on that and uh, this move that you made from the corporate to Zarta, we have people, we have students that are hearing uh, this podcast and what would you, what advice would you give them? So if they tell you, Noon, you're quite very success. You're very successful with Zarta. Should we start uh, right away the startup after we get uh, graduated, or should we uh, work in the corporate world first and try after? Or what would be perhaps advices that you would give to these guys? 
I, I would go with there is no correct path. Uh, we should run away from the confirmation bias. So every time that someone opens a startup, the, the good ones are, are, are going great. It seems that everything is easy, but it's not. It's good to, to have mm -hmm. uh, an idea that it's hard, but it's a very funny and uh, interesting path. And I've met everyone at their own time. I've met guys that uh, now in the fintech space, the crypto space, that came from Germany, that they uh, rented an house in Peniche, in Balial, and they are surfing all day and building all night. So that's their own. And they are young and they went straight to college to do that. That's something that people like, people like me at least, uh, I can't do it right now because I have, I'm not, I don't have a mortgage, but I have uh, a life with a, a specific set of boundaries. So what I feel is that everyone has their own pace and it's important to feel comfortable when you take these risks because there is a part on startup world where when you start an idea, everything is cool and everyone, you will jump around some concept, you build something or you write something because building is not only coding, it's not only developing the product, but this business planning, idea maturation is feedback received from people that I've already tried that are successful in other business, etc. But it's critical to understand that there is a place on the startup life where you decide, okay, this is the path now. And there is no turning back. And when you are joining with other co-founders, because it's critical to have people on with you, on and to onboard other people with you, it's it's critical to to that everyone has the notion that in some parts you cannot be part-time delivery, that you have to be completely fully immersed. And so it's very important to understand what's the perfect timing for each one. Uh, I believe that I was very happy to have the, the, the possibility to have a, a, a corporate experience first. So it gave me the opportunity to see how um, multiple industries work, what are the pain points, what goes well, what goes wrong. Uh, it gives you the tooling system so you understand uh, how timesheet works, you understand uh, all this kind of stuff that when you come from college, you have to learn by itself. And I can tell you that the experience that I'm having, we are first time founders. So there are lots of stuff that we are finding now that we didn't knew a few years, a few months ago, like on raising, there are several ways of raising money, several ways of doing lots of things. And so the same applies for the business concept. So when you are on a corporate, you know how human resources work, you know how legal work, you know how the, 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 all that complementary part, you get the, to touch and to understand what's the best practice. And so when you are building a startup that's very useful and you make bridges way faster, it also gives you some credibility. So when you have a very when you go to a, a good company, you learn a lot, you get some stamps on your uh, curriculum. And that's also very good to open doors, to create network and, and to, to foster your own uh, experience. So, but there is no perfect time. It's 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 uh, uh, it's uh, appetite for risk. I think it's the, the critical part and a dream. You have to have a very strong passion because you will have people that will get super excited and say, this is the best thing in your life and others that will tell you this is the worst <laughs> yeah. piece of idea that I heard in my life. And, and you have to, to, to have a very strong stomach so, uh, so that you can 
get all this feedback and then uh, decide what's better for you and for the company and for the future and for the decision making. One thing that you mentioned, and I think, uh, I mean, I do share that as well. I share the fact, I mean, the idea that having a previous corporate experience uh, helps you to understand how that works, but also helps you to lead with the frustration when you deal with larger corporation and you know how the decision process is, etc. Because when you're a small um, entity or startup, decision process is very fast and you, you know you, you, you move on exactly very fast. But when you have to deal with external agencies or government bodies or you know funds, etc., it takes time. Yeah. And sometimes you think, if you don't have this experience of the corporate world, you may think, this is too much time for me. But this is actually the way usually <laughs> e-corporation works. And I think this is a good, uh, I think this is an asset when uh, you have this previous experience and after when you decide to uh, jump into the, the startup world and create your, your own venture. So, yeah. okay, so thanks, thanks for that. Now, everyone wants to hear about Zarta. So, um, can you tell us a little bit what is Zarta? And perhaps, and, and also something I would like to share for the people that are not um, aware of that. And, and it's about, you know, um, NFTs and NFTs is a, is a concept and it means non-fungible token. It's basically a way that you can have a unique um, identity on an asset that is digital. So you can, for example, have the first tweet of Jack Dorsey. You put that in the blockchain and you say, this is the first one and this is unique. It cannot be divided, you know. Or you can have uh, an image of uh, a cat or an icon of a cat or an avatar and you put that in the blockchain and you say this one is unique. And so it helps you and NFT is about that. It's about creating digital assets that at a certain point have a certain value. And uh, this is what you're going to talk about. You're going to talk about Zarta that is actually uh, using these NFTs uh, to help people get, you know, uh, bridge with their, their physical life and etc. So I don't want to spoil the explanation of Zarta and please tell us a little bit what is Zarta and the implication with the NFTs. So, so Zarta is a, a company that provides an experience uh, where users that have this kind of digital assets as NFTs can request a loan using the asset as collateral. Uh, it's critical to understand a little bit what's a non-fungible token. As you were saying, non-fungible tokens are a type of digital assets that are pure digital and that represent it's a, a change in the way we perceive the internet. Internet yesterday was about interaction of reading and writing. Now it's about possession. The Bitcoin and the cryptocurrencies came with that concept that at the, at the sense of, of fungible money, uh, it's not, we could, maybe we cannot call it money, but currency, it's, a, it's a very, something that is very, the semantics for this is very critical. Uh, but the, giving a good example on a non-fungible token is the same way that the Bitcoin is equal to a euro, it's not equal, but it represents an analogy for the real life. The, the same goes for digital assets, NFTs to 
a real asset. So if I have a car in the real world, in the digital world, I would have an, a non-fungible token that represents the car. And this go and the the concept of NFT goes from, as you are saying, from a, an image of a cat or an, a Twitter or a collectible a car that is something that is very easy to perceive and it's the first use cases that we are seeing to emerge to uh, things that become much more valuable in the future. So we can have invoices that represent a payment and then they will have intrinsic value because they represent a payment in the future. So we can build uh, solutions for that. We can have a non-fungible token that represents a digital twin. The same way that we have a paper today that says that my house belongs to me uh, or a car belongs to me, I can go with a non-fungible token, a digital asset that represents that asset. Or we can go into more digital um, digital objects, like a, a ticket for going to see sporting. Uh, nowadays, if you want to transact a, a ticket like that, people do it in the in the front of stadium with uh, very bad security. People, you can lose your your ticket, or when the person that buys that ticket goes to the to the stadium, the ticket may be avoided. And so, if we have all of that on non fungible tokens, we can create an asset that is very easy to transact and that represents and that everyone is uh, can certify if if the value is okay, if it was used, if it was not used, depending on the use case. And so we, we, we captured this concept of digital asset and we thought, okay, now in the, in the space, uh, the tools are very primitive, primitive, so we cannot, we can sell NFTs, we can buy NFTs, we can use NFTs for some, uh, the, the most advanced for, for some real life interaction, but we are lacking financial tools for it. So we created the concept um, the same way that someone goes to a bank to request a loan to, to, for an house and gives the house as a collateral on the mortgage. We do the same. So you go to the platform, you connect your wallet, and you can identify the assets, the digital assets that you have, and then you can request a loan using the asset as collateral. So this is Arte. It's a, it, it, this is the experience that we are building, and we are building with. We are different from the other players in the market because we are creating a solution that is real time based on our experience on creating blockchain solutions. Me and the, um, we are three co-founders. Two of us have very deep expertise on blockchain, and we we are leveraging these facts to create a concept where users can go and have this real-time experience. So it's a, a very good user experience in reality. Can I, can I say that Zarta is basically the experience that, that is going to bridge the digital world where you have your digital assets to the physical world when you want actually to um, get these assets in the digital world to have some value in, in the physical world? I, I wouldn't go precisely to that path because in reality that's something that we are fostering now is to, to work only with digital assets that represent asset, things that are virtual uh, because the barriers to between having an house that is tokenized, that is a non-fungible token, it relies on complex uh, concepts. We want, we have the custody okay. in real life, we have the custody uh, of the asset itself, uh, there is an oracle in the middle, so it goes to, there, there is so, a very high level of major pain points that have to be tackled in that. So Zarta now is looking to, you have 
a digital asset, you request a digital coin loan. And we work, operate on this space. And we are building several use cases around this, but always related to digital objects. We want to go in the future, that's our part of our roadmap, to grow organically with the rest of the ecosystem. So where, when we start seeing that the digital assets represent digital, um, real physical objects, and there is a very good uh, level of, uh, of matching between the digital twin and the, the, the real twin, we will go to that path in the future. That's something that uh, we have in the roadmap to, to follow the, the, the organic growth of the ecosystem. Okay, excellent. So thanks, thanks for the explanation. I think it's it's clear on that. And, and tell me one thing: is um, the name Zarta is? Uh, can you can you share with us what what is the name from, and yes. how you came up with the name? So we came with Zarta. It was a, a, a it was a, a play in reality. I read the I read the Memorial do Convento. The Portuguese book from Saramago, uh, and at the time there was a, there is a guy there that is Baltazar Setsois that is, was always looking for ether, ether and and the feeling of energy, not the ether, the cryptocurrency. But so I, I when I a few years ago I thought it was very funny that the guy was looking for it for it either and then I uh, when I, I was creating the startup I requested like we were looking for either we were building on top of cryptocurrencies on digital assets and I was like oh we are Balthazar and I was on a basically we were all together uh, on uh, doing some drawings on the walls of the concepts and we we seen Balthazar and someone said ah that's a very good name for the startup and I said no Balthazar is terrible it's, we are not going to <laughs> to to make it because there is for sure already 10 companies called Balthazar so we played a little bit with the with the words I was like scrambling in a paper and it called it it went to Zartabal that it was a, a anagram and so I just I we someone uh, I think it was or Pedro or you I don't know one of them said like oh no no it can be Zarta and then we went to the domains page and we saw that uh, it was free and they, okay we have a name for our company now it was the the only thing that <laughs> I was able to fully explain to my parents is we have a name for the company so they, they, at that at that time they were like okay now you are on the on the right track if you have a name you have a, you have an energy and you can you can work on top of that so okay so now we have Zarta and we know the name the, the origin of the name Let, let's let's dig a little bit for also for the students here um, uh, you know the students at, at Catholica we we have some uh, classes some curriculum that are based on lean entrepreneurship and you know uh, when you have an idea, you need to do the business model canvas, you need to do the customer value proposition, etc. You need to do customer discovery. And my feeling, and I would like to hear uh, from you, is that the crypto world is moving so fast. I mean, what was uh, uh, out one week or two days ago is old tomorrow, okay? And it's going to be very old tomorrow. So is are the tools that we share with the students still applicable for people working on blockchain, crypto, like the, the business model canvas, customer value proposition, etc.? Or you think 
these, these tools are obsolete. I can tell you that uh, that's a very nice question. I can tell you that they are not obsolete. And why? Because it gives you, as I was talking about going to build a startup on top of corporate experience, give you an edge. When you start doing uh, business modeling or double diamond models for design or building concepts, you are in a you, you have an edge when you put strap on top of tools that exist. Because when we started, for example, on Zarta, we developed uh, our frameworks, our own ideas. And then when you want to showcase to people, when you, go, when you want feedback from people that don't understand the concepts, it's very good to have something that they are used to it. And it's, it's even good for, it's, it's very good for you to, to frame your head uh, uh, on those topics because when you go to the lean canvas you start thinking on you you go around competition you go around go to market strategy who are your partners how you are going to deliver who is going to be um, the, the the key providers and you start the same and it has a full match with the with the crypto space it's the same now we are having problems on on the go to market we, we were now we are, are getting on track on that but we because we didn't went with an approach that was end-to-end -end on a on a business canvas model and so we kind of uh, were blind sight on that spot because we were not following the, the best practice because we were building technology building strategy building business but then okay something that was critical was getting behind because we were not having the full scope and so those kind of tools are very useful another thing that i can say that is critical is testing mm -hmm. so we are used to the concept of getting everything right but we now that i'm creating a startup i'm realizing that the majority we can have very good educated guests and that's the cool part of being a, a, a founder is to have a vision and to know okay i i believe that this is going to be right but then it's very critical to try to test with the market for example now we are building a backlog of uh, hypotheses because there are so many things that we want to try that as we are building on a space that so no one has any clue we have to be the ones who have to find the truth and so it's very critical to start testing to start creating, engaging with people that are from the community. That's a very strong point here that I would like to say, that is on top of all these tools of business modeling, etc., it's critical to, to reach people that are going to use your product and talk to them and say, oh, this is my idea and this is how I want to do it. And they are going to give you insights because they will not copy. It's very hard to copy ideas, it's very, copy to our, it's very hard to copy execution. And if, if you are, if you believe in yourself, in your team, and even if you don't believe in yourself, you have to, because if you don't, then entrepreneurship is not for you. If you start, if you need to know that you will find the paths, but not, not alone. It's not you that are going to change the world. It's the customers that are going to change the world with your help. And you will drink from their wisdom and, and but also apply a little bit of your vision or else you get with a very strange product that feels everyone needs, but doesn't fit any needs. So it's a, it's a balance. Everything on this is the balance. I think balance is also a very critical point here. What, what you said is just 
something I, I do really appreciate. I mean, the thing about talking to the community, talking to people, getting feedback, and not being afraid of being copied because execution is actually key. There are a lot. I, I had a call this morning with uh, with students, and one of the second point after explaining the idea was really about that, meaning that they didn't want to tell a lot of things. They wanted to secure the idea, etc. And I always also shared the same point: is that you can have the wonderful idea, but this is key. The execution is key. Okay, and don't be afraid to get feedback. Yeah. I don't believe. I haven't seen any of the i haven't seen here within the scope uh, of the students here at catholica that were able to develop an idea having not having shared that with the people community and and, and getting feedback the idea of i have an idea me myself alone i'm gonna have a patent or i'm gonna protect the idea and after i'm gonna develop i think this is not the reality it doesn't yeah. really exist okay and what you said is super important for the people that are hearing us yeah. so thanks for that yeah doesn't fit that model it's very critical when you want it's it's critical when you already know the path so on the phase where you have an idea it's critical to test with everyone test with the correct people so we tested our idea for example we went to different getting feedback at different levels we got feedback from corporate feedback from but now we are basically blended inside of the DeFi community and people that use the product and we are asking to them and these insights that we get are much more valuable than the others that come from people that are only very smart and that can pinpoint, uh, identify red flags. But it's okay. critical to test and it's critical to no one is going to copy you. People are like too too much their own ideas to copy. Exactly. They are going to try their ideas first, and maybe if you are very 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 successful, they will okay. Now we should try to copy them. But then you have a very good advantage because you have already asked everyone what's the opinion, so you have all the paths that you know that will not result. You don't have to to lose time on them. So that's good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for this word of uh, wisdom. This is this, this is super important for for the for the listeners here uh, to, to listen about that and to, to hear you tell them about that. W one thing I would I would like to move on 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 one other question now is um, when uh, actually when did you create oh, uh, Zarta? When did you start? So we started Zarta. Uh, I believe it was in the uh, end of March this year. So we were, we had like two months of internal conceptualization. It was, we were four, six people, I believe, uh, because I was sharing the idea with a few friends, getting some insights going on there. Then we went to to the bet competition to that was powered by Catholic at the time. It was that was the first time that we reached the market with the idea. And the idea that we have today it's very different from the idea that we had uh, that that was showcased because we had received lots of feedback and we kind of shut down lots of things that were potential bad paths because we were going to waste lots of money on marketing or money on customer acquisition that wouldn't make sense on the future so it was very nice to it was the first time that i realized okay now we are going from theory into practice so now we are like receiving real feedback starting to build on top of something and it was a very good part it, so we started like 
two months previous to go public and to start showcasing with people. So for, for all the people that are listening to us, this podcast is being recorded in November. So Zarta started in March and we are in November. So this is what I mean by the speed of crypto blockchain, yeah. of how people are moving fast and, and doing things. This is unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. Yeah. And tell me one thing also. In, in this time frame from March to now, is uh, you attended some events, like you mentioned the BET, bring entrepreneurs together yeah. from Catholica, but you went also to big events like the Web Summit, etc. Can, can you tell people here, can you tell the students that have ideas, what are the benefits of getting into these events um, and, and exposing your idea? Yeah. Is that only for validation or also meeting no, no, potential no, no. investors, etc.? Yeah. Can you tell us what are the added value of doing that? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's uh, super interesting. So um, in reality, we have to identify the events um, and identify what's the output that we want to take from each. It's, it, it's a very good practice to know previous to events. Cool to have to go to events because you meet people. So for for start, that's that's good. But then it's very important to pinpoint what is going to be the event of this. Uh, because for example, we we went to four different events in the last uh, two months, uh, and in each one of them we had completely different targets. We went to the Ethereum uh, Ethereum and Liscon that happened in so Lisbon was the blockchain month uh, was la last month it was October so the, the 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 majority of events of uh, cryptocurrencies in blockchain were here and so we went to the Ethereum one to identify people that were working with the same process that we had so that we feel so that we could start blending with that communities so we started getting people into the twitters getting people into the discords talking with them getting the idea and say this is what we are building they would give feedback so for us it was awesome then we went to an hackathon so that we could start having touch points with developers and people that are not developers but work on hackathons on business idea on the product framing and so that we could uh, see how the market, what the market is building uh, and see if that could fit with us. Then we went to the Web Summit with a complete different uh, uh, goal. We went to the Web Summit to test the awareness of outsiders into the space and to start fundraising because we now we are on a point where we we want to scale because we have already the prototypes and the product to, to go to the market. Uh, and so we went to fundraising and it was fantastic in a way that we get exposure to different kinds of investors, people that are more traditional, people that are less traditional. So, But now we have an opportunity of pool of fundraising that we can pick and it's better because we foster different contacts for different phases. We met investors that said to us like, we are the ones that you should take now. And we met investors that said, don't go with us now because we we just invest in companies that have revenue of uh, a very big amount. So it's good to it's good to start building warm introductions. Uh, and for example, I can tell you that every time that we are trying to reach international players to do a partnership or something like that, if we go by a uh, online uh, conversation sometimes or we don't get answer or we have to really pull the strings to get it 
But if you if you are able to go to events where the type of people that you want are there, you can do you can be uh, you can go and talk to them directly and says I have this something to show you or give me feedback and and that's very I, I learned a, a, an expression on uh, on web summit that was given by an investor that I was having a master class there that was saying if you want money from people go and ask for advice if you want uh, advice go and ask for money because if you go for money people will point point it will will say to you uh, no 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 uh, i'm not going to invest because of this this and this so you get your advice and you get okay now my product is is, is failing short here here and here if you go to them with advice they will think they will look to you like no these guys are on the path no now i want to invest in them so it's, it's a very funny experience <laughs> And, and last, we went to the Solana event just because it's a new technology of blockchain that we were not so aware. So we went there to not to get feedback, but to get uh, insights to see, okay, this new technology, how could we foster? This makes sense to us. It's, and it's good to, to identify why it should go. And then the opportunities, if you make your homework, your opportunities are, are better. But okay. And another thing that's uh, just uh, one more part is events are like a roulette. You can have, get really lucky sometimes. Some days are you just meet every Joe and people that are very interesting and, but, and critical to you to talk and to be friends. Uh, but sometimes you just, by chance, you, you run into people that are extraordinary or that open a door that you had no idea that you could open. And for example, that happened to us in the Liscon, in the Ethereum one and at the website. We met completely randomness, uh, even with the homework reason, it was good, but sometimes luck is it's also very, it fosters the, the, the people that are there. So it's, it's good. Uh, you improve your chances of getting lucky strikes. Yeah, but you have to be there. If you don't go there, yeah. you're not going to be lucky. So, yeah. and, and, and one thing now I would like perhaps to, to move on and perhaps to, to conclude is the way I see Zarta is Zarta is a team of three uh, very knowledgeable people with corporate experience mm -hmm. that are, um, you know, socializing the ideas as much as possible to get feedback and getting as much as possible with the community and getting also on board with events that are relevant. What I didn't say here is that I'm not talking about the way you do the technology and I'm sure you're very good because you have the background, etc. But for me, one of the key of success and one of the things also that perhaps the, the students that hear us should take note is that you're investing quite a lot of time validating, getting out and being in events. You could decide, and perhaps th this is not the philosophy I share, but you could decide it doesn't make sense. Let's make the perfect prototype and go out. What you're doing is you getting people around and you're testing and you're iterating. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and but we also have some decisions on that field. Sometimes, like after all this iteration, now we are on a phase that it's kind of a, a cycle. Now we are on a phase where 
okay, now the next two months we want to deliver our proof of concept, we have to kill the, the we have already the feedback, now we integrate, now we develop, now we create, now we go to the market and then we repeat the cycle. Because if you start going always on that, uh, you have to have this balance of deploying, creating and listening. So it's, uh, you, have, you should always be doing a little bit of everything. So every time that you meet someone on the end of this call, I'm going to show you to probably Pierre the, the last uh, iterations that we have so that we can get the feedbacks. But it's critical to sometimes also close some time to, the, to, to, to transform the feedback that you have into products so that you can iterate to the next okay. level. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And, and and tell me one thing. So now, um, for the people hearing us in the, the world in general, and <laughs> all this all these changes that are happening in our life with blockchain, crypto, etc., and, and 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 looking also at the students in the, in in management here that uh, that are interested about this world but perhaps are not technical enough to be able to either code or you know understand in, in, in depth the technology what which advice would you give to business people or business students about this new moving stuff that can can look so messy at some at some point but can can look also so uh, you know uh, attractive on the other side because you hear a lot of stuff so what 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 would be your word of advice for 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 these people? You being you know the person with the co-founders that created Zarta. Uh, I would go that um, for a business student, and there is space for everyone. So there is space for people that uh, know about finance. That's blockchain and crypto has that uh, magic that connects. Um, there is a connection between the financial part, the economics, and the technology. So I can tell you that every time that we are building something new uh, on decentralized finance, sometimes we like the view of a finance person that has deep expertise on that. So there is a, a very nice space for for business people to to enter this space at business level because the majority of people that build new stuff sometimes have no no clue how to make money or how to build a business model on top of a very innovative technology so the best way to start going and to look to this space and to be entrepreneur on this is first go to google and start learning a little bit about blockchain about the concepts and you don't have to go very deep uh, but the, the problem is that this is a space that also brings lots of money. So people, when they start studying, instead of going into the underlying logics and see, oh, I could build a product here or I could do this, they go to what should I buy, what should I sell? And so, and that kind of, um, it blocks the, the, the eyes of people to, because they are looking into the fast profit. Uh, and, but it, that's a good mindset, it's okay. I've done it too, so it's very space to everything. But the, 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 I would start with exploring the centralized finance. And not in a way of investing, but just go a little bit to the documentation and read why can someone give 20% uh, interest on a stable co coin. There is logic on that. There is 
full documents on Medium where that people can start learning. And the thing is that knowledge goes on compound. So every time that you learn how a stacking works or how a financial uh, uh, a NFT works, then you start correlating with the concepts that you already know. And then you start seeing problems on concepts. And then you, I can tell you that in our startup, as we are on this emergent technology, every time that we take a, a rock, we find like 10 startups. This is the, the, and this is a problem. It's a problem for us to, to, to get the focus right and to ensure that we are going on the right path. But there is so much space here that from bringing the traditional finance into this finance, from creating new ways of doing finance, because like in Portugal, we are a little behind of the others. Mm countries like in the US everything is every now we are talking here about acquiring cryptocurrency in the in USA they are talking about acquiring NFTs and now they are already in the next level talking about DAOs that is decentralized autonomous organization DAO and so they are building companies now that's yeah. where everyone has a seat and that person is a digital person that holds the key for the actions of the company on a flat structure that goes on voting like a democracy on decisions. And so this is the kind of things that are happening. And if we don't open your eyes and if we don't read just a little bit, we are lacking behind. And then we we are on a land of opportunities here and lots of blockchain people are coming to Lisbon. Uh, so it's we are on a very Lisbon in Portugal. So I met people that was going to Peniche to surf. I met people that are fully reallocating in Porto, in Lisboa, and so we we are on this space where we have all these people with quality and talent here, and we should. Mm, we we have to to give them an answer to work with them and and to and to place Portugal in the map uh, working on this space. Okay, so thank you very very much. I mean, it was a fantastic conversation about uh, the term I'm going to use is the opening eyes. You know, eyes opening is there's a reality out there that that is coming and is going to change the world. I mean, I believe that some of it will remain, some of it will change. But this is changing. If we don't look at that now, we're going to be left behind and we will yeah. not understand what's happening. So, uh, for all the students that are thinking about the venture, and, and I think this is a fantastic uh, and yes. super interesting world to look at. And um, I'm sure we're going to hear about Zarta pretty soon, about so. your, your, <laughs> your journey and more information about uh, what you guys are doing. And uh, Congratulations to all of you three, congratulations to you. And to remember uh, all the people that are listening, Zata was creating in March. A lot of things happened in the last month. And this is what crypto is. This is about this fast moving, uh, you know, reality and adapting and, and putting a product and talking to people and delivering. Okay, so thank you very much for sharing your experience and your enthusiasm with us. Thank and you, I hope Pierre. to see you soon. Thank you in my on my side and if anyone has a question just send me drop me a note on nunu@zarta.com it's easy uh, and I can send documentation for people to read but good documentation for business people not very <laughs> technological one uh, but uh, and thanks for the invitation it was a pleasure to talk a little bit here uh, so thanks Excellent. very much thank you nuno
talk about podcasts.